Hello and welcome to Coco Pods, a podcast of the Birth Center for Natural Deliveries Foundation. We're grateful to have Dr. Tiffany Powell Wiley, MD, MPH, as a guest on our upcoming episode of Coco Pods. Coco Pods is a maternal mortality and morbidity reduction academy podcast. On this upcoming episode, Dr. Tiffany Powell Wiley discussed obesity extensively. On Dr. Tiffany Powell Wiley's biography, Dr. Tiffany Powell Wiley, MD, MPH, is a Statman tenure track investigator. Dr. Tiffany Powell Wiley graduated summa cum laude from the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. During medical school, she spent a year at the National Institute of Health as a research fellow in the clinical research training program. Dr. Paul Wiley graduated from Duke University School of Medicine and completed her master's degree in public health with a concentration in epidemiology. Epidemiology is that branch of medicine which deals with the incidence, distribution, and possible control of diseases and other factors relating to health. So Dr. Paul Wiley graduated with a concentration in epidemiology at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. Prior to joining the National Institute of Health, Dr. Paul Wiley completed internal medicine residency at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston, Massachusetts, and cardiology fellowship at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical Center, UTSW, in Dallas, Texas. Dr. Powell Wiley served two years as a clinical research fellow in the Reynolds Cardiovascular Research Center at UTSW. Dr. Powell Wiley also served for one year as a cardiology division's first chief fellow. From 2011 to 2017, Dr. Powell Wiley was an assistant clinical investigator at the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute. From 2011 to 2014, she held a joint appointment in the Office of the Associate Director of the Applied Research Program of the National Cancer Institute. Since 2017, Dr. Powell Wiley has been an Earl Statman tenure track investigator with a joint appointment in the cardiovascular branch of the Division of Intramural Research at the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute and the Intramural Research Program of the National Institute on Minority Health and Health Disparities. With respect to her research interests, Dr. Power Wiley focuses her research on the social determinants of obesity and obesity-related cardiovascular risk factors that contribute to racial and ethnic disparities in cardiovascular disease. Dr. Powell Wiley's lab has three interrelated research goals. First, she and her colleagues use epidemiologic methods and geographic information systems to understand the socioeconomic 
psychosocial, and environmental factors that promote adverse weight gain and incident cardiovascular risk factors in multi-ethnic population-based cohorts. Environmental factors include the level of built-in resources available to a community, but they also encompass psychosocial factors such as perceptions of the neighborhood environment. A second goal is to translate findings from these epidemiologic studies into community-based interventions, targeting barriers to health behavior change for at-risk populations. The research group's final goal is to identify and characterize physiologic pathways influenced by the chronic stress of living in adverse neighborhood conditions, ultimately elucidating pathways linked to cardiovascular risk phenotypes and most responsive to targeted health behavior interventions. As an advocate and physician scientist, Dr. Powell Wiley has spearheaded the development of a community-based cardiovascular health behavior intervention in the greater Washington, D.C. area, specifically addressing key social determinants of obesity. Dr. Powell Wiley has made it a priority to target specific Washington, D.C. wards where obesity and cardiovascular disease are most prevalent. She has intentionally built relationships with key leaders in the community, especially within faith-based community, in order to advocate for and help implement programs involving these populations. The Powell-Wiley Lab is grounded in the principles of community-based participatory research, which aided in designing and executing the Washington, D.C. Cardiovascular Health and Needs Assessment. The information gathered from this assessment has been paramount in learning about the population in order to implement culturally relevant effective interventions which address the unique needs of individuals living in urban limited resource environments and two, begin to uncover mechanisms by which psychosocial and environmental factors quote-unquote get under the skin to increase cardiovascular risk. One-size-fits-all public health approaches to the obesity epidemic has not proven effective. Dr. Powell-Wiley's hope is that by taking a multidisciplinary approach to better understanding socioeconomic, psychosocial, and environmental factors that impact obesity and other markers of cardiovascular risk, she can develop interventions to improve cardiovascular health that are tailored to community-based environment. Dr. Tiffany Powell-Wiley has been in the Cancer Prevention Fellowship Program and has been in the divisions of cancer epidemiology and genetics 
and Cancer Control and Population Sciences, National Cancer Institute, Rockville, Maryland, the Center for Epidemiology, Biostatistics, and Computational Biology Exponent Incorporation in Chicago, Illinois, the Cardiovascular and Pulmonary Branch of the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute in Bethesda, Maryland, and involved in the AARP Washington, D.C. area. On her published papers, of which there are several of them, we sample, for instance, the one in the Journal of the American Medical Association in 2012, in which she looked at excess visceral fat, that is fat around the body organs, and insulin resistance, but not general fat, that is general adiposity. She looked and she and her colleagues concluded that these were independently associated with incident pre-diabetes and type 2 diabetes mellitus in obese adults. In the journal Circulation in 2021, obesity, she recognized, is recognized as a heterogeneous condition in which individuals with similar body mass index indices, BMIs, may have distinct metabolic and cardiovascular risk profiles. Thus, susceptibility to obesity-related cardiovascular complications is not mediated solely by overall body fat mass, but depends largely on individual differences in regional body fat distribution, which negatively affect cardiac structure and function. In the Journal of American College of Cardiology 2011, the aim of that study was to assess the impact of extreme obesity, that is class 3 obesity, with a body mass index of more than 40 kilograms per meter squared, on care and outcomes in patients with ST-segment elevation myocardial infarction, STEMI. In 2013, comparison of four established DASH, uppercase D-A-S-H, diet indexes, examining association of index scores and colorectal colon cancer. The overall consistency in findings of her studies suggests that the main underlying construct of the DASH, uppercase D-A-S-H, dietary pattern is captured by each index and greater compliance with this dietary pattern can reduce colorectal colon cancer risk. She then contributed to the history of obesity in this podcast and also talked on the factors that possibly cause the World Health Organization to declare obesity a global epidemic and worldwide public health crisis. Next in the podcast, she delved into some women-specific changes with obesity such as one of the profound ones of overweight women having a tendency towards reduction in fertility 
And she also talked about when pregnancy was achieved in overweight women, the risks to both the mother and baby because of the maternal obesity during pregnancy. We then looked into how by improving the intrauterine nutritional milieu of the developing fetus or baby, it can be possible to improve the child's general health and thereby reduce the risk in later life of health problems associated with obesity. Another one of the profound effects of obesity specific to women is an increase in the incidence of all gynecologic cancer with increasing body mass index. And she expatiated on this for us. Any public health intervention that addresses this emerging public health issue, and particularly those measures aimed at education and prevention is very important. As an obstetrician, we are very well placed in the health service structure to contribute here. We talked about how all providers of maternity care and women's health services should have advice available for all women and particularly those planning pregnancy. Lifestyle advice, particularly on dietary habits and physical activity, should be available particularly to all overweight and obese women. The importance of these issues for the health of the next generation needs particular emphasis. We talked about how we define obesity apart from mere observation. What are the public health interventions that address this emerging health issue, and particularly those measures aimed at education and prevention? In further questioning, in this upcoming episode, we discussed how obesity, apart from its medical implications, also is a challenge in performing mundane activities because the built environment designed for normal weight persons presents challenges for women with obesity. In determining the potential variables associated with obesity-related behavior in daily life and body image problems in persons with obesity, it would be especially relevant to measure the emotional component of body image to assess emotional states associated with the perception of self-images by women. We delved into the mental and psychological components, talking about how obesity is sometimes associated with depression because of the shame and stigma attached to obesity. And we looked at the three most frequent stigmatizing situations faced like comments from children, a child coming up to an obese person and saying something like, you are fat, quote-unquote, and other people making negative assumptions about the obese person, having low expectations because of their weight, and also obese people encountering physical barriers, such as not being able to sit into seats at restaurants, theaters, and other public, public places, 
or not being able to find clothes that fit. How do women compared to men experience weight-based stigma? The exponential increase in the incidence of, of obesity has been over the past 60 years. Obesity is a chronic disease, but unlike other chronic diseases, that is cardiovascular or respiratory pathologies, it is not a silent killer due to its external physical manifestations of weight gain and increased girth. And due to these external manifestations, it is one of the easiest to detect and also allows the patient to have a considerable amount of time to prevent further complications. We talked about this. And we talked about the mechanisms of obesity. The, the way people have obesity, develop obesity, ever serve a purpose in the history of humanity? Essentially, we looked into the fact that fat deposition is an adaptive physiologic process of energy storage that became maladaptive when technological advances altered the balance between availability of food and the body's expenditure of energy. After the technological advances in the 18th century, that is the agricultural revolution came into place, in which there was a gradual increase in the available amount, quality, and variety of food available was evident. Once dependent on plants and game that crossed gatherers and hunters, hungry humans today have access to endless delicacies from all over the world with minimal energy expenditure to obtain them. That is, by simply walking to the refrigerator or driving to a store, you can get what you need. Or nowadays, by simply a click on your computer. We talked about this evolutionary history of humanity and body fat. We then looked into data from 2018 from the National Health Interview Survey that shows that just under 52% of U.S. adults have at least one of 10 selected chronic conditions, such as arthritis, cancer, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, coronary heart disease, asthma, diabetes, hepatitis, high blood pressure, stroke, or weak and failing kidneys. We looked at data again that point to over a little over 27% of U.S. adults have multiple chronic conditions. And the highest prevalence of chronic conditions was seen in women, non-Hispanic white adults, and adults over 65, and those living in rural areas. We talked about how obesity sets the stage for subsequent diseases and health issues. We took questions from medical students. For instance, Shubham, one of the third-year medical students, asked questions like, besides dietary modifications and exercise regimens, are there pharmacologic drugs that may be used to lose weight? 
A medication called metformin is currently used in diabetics and patients with polycystic ovary syndrome to manage their high BMI. Are there any other drugs that can be used to lose weight? Another question he asked was that should there be laws made to combat the obesity epidemic? For example, would it be ethical to place heavier taxes on unhealthy slash junk food? Should we also be targeting the unhealthy food industry? The third question that was posed was many times physical appearance and self-esteem issues go hand in hand and create a vicious cycle where obese individuals discontinue their exercise regimen because they will be worried about judgment at fitness centers or physiotherapy centers. How can this issue be addressed to decrease attrition rates? And the fourth question he asked was, without interventions for obesity, where do we see this epidemic heading in the future? Also, we talked about how obesity and COVID interplay. How did COVID the COVID pandemic with its depression and anxiety cause weight gain? Why did obesity get worse during an infectious disease COVID pandemic? We looked at some facts in which we discussed being overweight and physically inactive accounted for more than 300,000 premature deaths each year in the United States, second only to tobacco-related deaths. Obesity is an epidemic and should be taken as seriously as an infectious disease COVID epidemic pandemic. And despite that alarming report uh, of these statistics in the late 90s, our obesity rates have continuously climbed higher as a nation. And we ask the questions, are public health officials talking about obesity enough and acting on making things better? We noted the so many well-intentioned initiatives like the former first lady, Michelle Obama's quote-unquote Let's Move campaign to help curb childhood obesity. We try to answer the question of if we as a nation are really interested, really committed in solving this obesity problem or just incompetent as a nation in improving the social determinants of health for people most at risk for obesity. Why does it seem what we are doing isn't working? We recognize the fact that the obesity issue is a complicated problem. We even talked about the fact that was there a need to promote medication management for obesity, like the recently approved medication semaglutide? We talked about the fact that some of these medications are simply not affordable. And we also know that the United States does not have a good track record of making drugs affordable. We also considered medications that people take that might actually cause 
weight gain and how we can look for better alternatives. We noted that there was a study that showed that one out of five U.S. adults take a prescription medication that actually causes weight gain. So we want to encourage you to tune into the next few episodes of Coco Pods podcast as I, Dr. Bola Sugade, the host of this Coco Pod podcast, as I will be talking to Dr. Tiffany Power Wiley, MD, MPH, on our upcoming episodes. Thank you to all our listeners for tuning in. Music